360 degrees. Hop high, 360 degrees. Hop high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. Hop high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley. Well, last week, the decision whether or not to prosecute any of the officers involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor was announced. Surprising no one, no charges were brought in the murder of this young black woman. On tonight's show, we'll get reactions to that decision from community organizations Courage, that's Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice, as well as Juice Sacramento, and that's Justice Unites Individuals and Communities Everywhere. We will also be asking tonight for your support as we head into the middle of the fall fun drive on KPFA. I'm your host tonight, Preble and Franklin. This is Full Circle on KPFA, and we'll kick off the show tonight with this sound from the press conference held last week after the decision by Daniel Cameron not to charge the officers was released. I call her the queen of the movement for justice for Breonna Taylor, my sister, my warrior, my freedom fighter, Tamika Mallory. No justice. No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. And if there ain't going to be no justice, there ain't going to be no peace. You know, I want to read something to you all that I learned of just the day after Daniel Cameron's decision. It says, it is a great honor to receive the endorsement of the bipartisan Kentucky Fraternal Order of Police. To the men and women in blue, I pledge to be your advocate and your voice every day. When I first got into this race, I did so to bring focus to the public safety challenge of our lifetime, the drug crisis. And there is so much work to be done to fight this epidemic. I am humbled to have this endorsement, and as a chief law enforcement officer in Kentucky, I will work every day to make our communities safer and our families and cities, citizens more secure. That statement is from Daniel Cameron when he received the endorsement of the FOP, one of the most racist organizations that exist in America. I got time today. Okay. And half of that statement was a lie. Daniel Cameron is not here to protect citizens and to make the state of Kentucky safer. But he was honest about one part. And that is that he is an advocate for police. And that he was going to be their voice 
and to do whatever is necessary to protect them. And so we learned that he stood, he's a man of his word as it relates to his relationship to police. He protected the police and it did not matter to him one bit that those same officers could have ran in his mama, his black mama's house and shot her to death. He's more committed to the white supremacy that he is upholding. He mentioned at the press conference, which I thought was quite interesting, that he's a black man. And as I laid and cried and hurt for Tamika Palmer and for Breonna Taylor and for Kenny Walker and for Janiah, who we need to love up on, as I laid there and I thought about him saying he's a black man, I thought about the ships that went into Fort Monroe and Jamestown with our people on them over 400 years ago and how there were also black men on those ships that were responsible for bringing our people over here. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery and helped white men to capture our people, to abuse them and to traffic them while our women were raped, while our men were raped by savages. That is who you are, Daniel Cameron. You are a coward, you are a sellout, and you were used by the system to harm your own mama, your own black mama. We have no respect for you. No respect for your black skin. Because all of our skin folk ain't our kin folk. And you do not belong to black people at all. We learned that on the same exact day that this announcement came out, it was the day that in September of, I forget the year, 1955, 65, no, 1955, which was 65 years ago, Emmett Till was also killed again, denied justice, because the two white men responsible for killing him were let free. That happened on the same day. Now, I don't know if it's just that Daniel Cameron is stupid or that he is very, very, very clear about history and made a decision to wait six months and come forward with this announcement, this garbage that we received on the exact same day that Emmett Till's family received the same result. And the historic, I mean, oh. You better talk, girl. You better talk. You better talk. But I want you to understand how wicked he is. How wicked he is. And how wicked this system is. And we are not going home. We will make sure that this city is as uncomfortable as it can be. And we intend... And we intend to travel across the state of Kentucky and make sure that in every corner of this state they know who you are, Daniel Cameron, and who is upholding the system of white supremacy that continues to oppress our people. But the main thing that matters at this point, 
You can have the National Guard, the Army, the white militia, the whoever you want to have here, LMPD, whoever you want to have. Anybody, turn them loose. Tell them, turn them loose. But until you fire those cops, until your investigation returns the results that the police officers who murdered they said they were mad at me for using the language murder. I said what I said. They murdered Breonna Taylor. And until those officers are fired from this department, I promise you, I promise you, we will continue to make these streets hot. So I'm, I'm done. But I want to tell you that what has actually happened is that one, Breonna Taylor has brought us together. And we will never be separated. And number two, we are prepared to fight until our own death, if it is necessary. Not just for her, but for every single little Breonna Taylor that is watching us, not for what Dr. King did, not for what Coretta Scott King did, not for what those did in the past. They want to know what this generation is going to do to stand for freedom and justice. And I'm telling you, we didn't come to play. God bless you. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA and KPFA.org. Those powerful words came from Tamika Mallory. She was speaking at the Breonna Taylor Family Press Conference last week. That was only an excerpt of her speech and only about seven minutes of a 90-minute press conference. I will post the link to the entire press conference on our website, kpfaapprentice.org just after the show tonight. Also tonight, we are in the midst of our fall fund drive. If you can, at some time during the show tonight, please consider making a donation to kpfa.org. This fall drive, any donation gets you the Don't Believe the Hype 2020 audio collection. In this amazing collection, you will get John Stanley speaking on his book, How Fascism Works, something important right now. Also, you get Greg Palast Special Elections Bulletin from KPFA National Investigative News Magazine, Flashpoints. Also, Alex Alonzo speaks on the history of gangs in the Los Angeles Police Department. All this and much more as part of the Don't Believe the Hype KPFA Audio Collection 2020. And remember, any donation tonight receives this audio collection. Give us a call, one 800 Hey, KPFA, that's 1-800-439-5732, or give us a click at kpfa.org. Tonight, we are getting community reaction to the decision not to charge any of the officers in the murder of Breonna Taylor. KPFA has been a beacon of information surrounding police killing our people and the movements for justice across the United States and especially here in the Bay Area. I personally have been bringing information on marches and rallies and other actions for over a decade here on the KPFA airwaves. If you want to show that this work and this reporting matters and is important, please make that donation now. Give us a call, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. That's 1-800-439-5732. Or on the internet, give us a click at KPFA. F-A dot O-R-G. 
Thank you to all those who have made a donation over these past couple weeks and especially tonight. We really appreciate it. I'm going to give out the website and the number one more time. Please support us by going to kpfa.org. Or if you would like to call and talk to a person, do so now. 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Again, thank you to all those who have called tonight. Let's move on now. I'm going to bring it back to the Bay Area now and bring you this interview with Bay Area-based Courage. That is an acronym spelt C-U-R-Y-J, and it stands for Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice. Check it out. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is Prewell and Franklin. I'm speaking with Linda Sanchez and George Galvis of Courage. That's uh, C-U-R-Y-J. And they're going to tell us a little bit about what Courage does and some of the upcoming events they have planned. Also, what they've been working on around the decision of the Brianna Taylor case. Uh, Linda, welcome to Full Circle. Thank you. Good morning. And George, how you doing? What's happening, Brother Franklin? Thank you so much for uh, for having us. Right on. It's good to have you on. Um, George, why don't you tell us, and Linda, like I said, chime in if you're feeling like you want to say something. Uh, talk a little bit about what Courage does and also the spelling so people know who we are and um, what does that acronym mean? Yeah, so Courage stands for Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice, uh, and we pronounce it Courage. We were founded nearly 10 years ago. Uh, we were born out of the Gang Injunction organizing in Oakland. Um, you know, we became the very first community organizing effort in the nation to fully defeat a gang injunction. Um, as of uh, March 2013, we had all gang injunctions lifted and all cases dismissed. And um, our co-founders were also defendants in the in the Fruville gang injunction. And so... You know, um, our mission is to unlock the leadership of young people to dream beyond bars. And, um, you know, when the gang injunctions came up, man, you know, that's really what got us started because, um, you know, at the time I was doing some consulting work and uh, and I was just pissed off to see another draconian policy that was really trying to profit, politically profit and see folks who were trying to politically profit off the backs of youth of color. And so when we started organizing, we weren't just organizing around what we were saying no to. We said no to gang injunction zones that criminalize black and brown youth in particular, but we said yes to youth empowerment zones that build on the strengths of young people. And so we've been pushing for youth empowerment zone. We're actually getting ready uh, in the next few years to uh, open up what we're calling the Oscar Grant Youth Empowerment Zone at Fruville Station. So we're part of the Transit Village Phase 2B, um, you know, we will have a 7,000 foot square foot facility as a, you know, movement building, youth organizing, cultural active hub. You know, for, for young people of color right there in uh, in East Oakland. And you've also been taking action in the streets. We just had the announcement in the Brianna Taylor case last um, earlier this week, and it seems that no one will really be prosecuted for any of the crimes towards Brianna Taylor. Talk about what has taken place over the last few days and what's what you've been doing to help organize. Well, since our inception, we've been focused on really three buckets, man. One is state violence. So, you know, clearly police terrorism, a lot of the leads that we've passed in the last 10 years has been addressing and uh, and trying to improve police accountability. Um, but even our organizing, what we saw with the gang injunctions from our inception was that that was really about police abuse. We had people who were being criminalized 
you know, for non-criminal behavior. Focus on the gang injunction. You know, if they just said what's up to each other in their own neighborhood would be picked up by police. There was an incident that that happened on a single mile around the time of the Fruitville gang injunction. One kid was picked up, a young person was picked up and, and brought into jail by police because they had a red towel in their house. Uh, another one had a red balloon at a kid's birthday party. I mean, the things were just absolutely ridiculous what was happening with the gang injection zones. And those are good examples of police abuse, which is why often we say we don't need police protection. We need protection from the police. And so fast forward to kind of where we are today, like most recently, the George Floyd movement and certainly with the with the messed up decision that was made by Breonna Taylor, like that happened by design. You know what I mean? Police out here in this country are out there. They're killing us with impunity. I think that, you know, what was really sad about the decision is that no one was surprised. We were heartbroken, but we weren't surprised. But we felt something visceral in our body. We felt an incumbent need that we had to do something because in the words of Fannie Lou Hammer, we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. So we had we held a press conference. We put together many of the families whose loved ones have been stolen by law enforcement because Part of the core philosophy of courage is to center the leadership of those who are directly impacted. For example, I'm formerly incarcerated and I'm a founder and executive director and all of our rank and file, you know, staff and, you know, just, you know, half of our board are directly impacted folks, you know what I mean? So that's a model that's really important to us. And so, um, you know, we, we had a number of the family members who we've been working with, um, in, you know, um, in this press conference. And, um, and then the very next day we held a rally in front of city hall. And part of it is because right here in California, you know, we're the fifth largest economy in the world. Like if we were just our own nation and for decades, we were number one in prison spending, but second to last in education spending. And you can't talk about prisons without talking about policing. Like, frankly, I tell folks, beware the four P's police, prisons, parole, prosecutors let's defund them all because they're all part of a four-headed monster eating out of the same damn bowl and so you know right here for example in you know in alameda county you know we have you know 2019 was the record year for one of the lowest years of crime since the 60s like in 50 years it's one of the lowest crime rates ever in 2019 and we currently have one of the lowest populations in the department of, uh you know in the uh, pardon me the juvenile justice center here in alameda county all-time low of 33 young people, you know, just as of just a few weeks ago. But the cost and the budget that's appropriated to probation hasn't gone down, which means that we are spending $2 million a year to incarcerate one young person, $2 million to incarcerate one youth. And these are some of the most <clears throat> vulnerable families in our community. So imagine if we were able to redirect those resources in a way that actually serves our people, you know what I mean? Through viable employment and educational opportunities, through affordable housing opportunities. You know, there's so many possibilities, you know, that we're able to invest in mental health crisis responders instead of policing. And so all of these issues are inextricably connected. We know that this will save lives. This will actually improve public safety. This will actually improve the life trajectory of those who would otherwise be impacted adversely from those systems. And ultimately, it will be a lot more, you know, it would be cost savings. It will be a lot more affordable than spending $2 million a year and in incarcerating one young person. And similarly with police budgets, they are generally the largest line item in any city budget and consume the resources. And so right here in California, we're having a hard time getting our elected officials to actually be accountable in terms of really um, authentically reimagining public safety. And so, you know, that was part of the call too, is that we know that what happened to Breonna Taylor is happening across, you know, uh, the country 
you know, and our, you know, our elected officials did a lot of performative allyship. They were taking knees, you know, back, I remember when Trayvon was murdered, you know, all the elected officials and the governor at the time had a press conference, they wore hoodies and they were popping their collar, you know, feeling real good about themselves, you know, but that's all performative allyship because they're not willing to vote when it really get counts in ways that are going to hold police officers accountable. And they're not willing to actually cut some of these police budgets, these bloated police budgets in way, and, and reinvest those dollars in ways that will authentically keep us safe. So that's part of the push in the name of Breonna Taylor, you know, in the name of all those who have been murdered by the police. We're, you know, saying never again, and let's actually invest in things that really keep us safe because we know we keep us safe. That's right. Well, let me let me bring Linda in real quick to just ask her how she felt when she heard the Breonna Taylor decision. I know a lot of us, like you said, George, we we were hurt and angry, but we weren't surprised. I think we all knew it was coming. And I think we could look to the future, what we're watching for with um, George's case, George Floyd, Kyle Rittenhouse um, to see what happens to these people. But how did that leave you feeling, Linda, when you heard the news? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, it wasn't surprising. I think that we've seen um, this kind of verdicts time and time again, but it definitely, it didn't make it any less painful. You know, it was really hard to hear um, as a woman, as a woman of color, as an indigenous woman, um, the level of violence that we experience um, and overall the level of state violence that black women experience is just, it's it's really it really it's really just disgusting and I think that it's so blatant it's in our face that to some extent I think people become to normalize it and I think that for me that's also what was really difficult to to know that a lot of people were like we're not surprised and through that process starting to normalize that level of violence and so I think for me it was just an accumulation of feelings right and been a youth organizer since my early days in high school it just feels like this battle is ongoing and never ending. And so to be quite frank, I'm just tired and exhausted. Um, and I wanna remain hopeful uh, for my young people. I wanna remain hopeful for the black community. I wanna remain hopeful so that I can continue this fight. But it's so hard, you know, uh, feeling like to some extent, almost like we don't have agency. And I have to remind myself that we do, we do have agency and that we can create change, but the system is set up to make us feel this way. Yeah, it can become discouraging at times. Thank you, uh, Linda Sanchez. Well, George, you talked about um, some of the stuff that you do besides um, hitting the streets and working with the young folks is that you work to change the laws, the legislation. Talk about some of the stuff that you are working on. Um, our recent loss that we just had not being able to get, you know, our own representatives, because this is a Democratic um, state here, and uh, they failed to pass it. So, yeah, Give us some word on the legislation you're all working on, George. Yeah, so um, Senate Bill 731 really epitomizes just, you know, uh, the kind of political cowards we have in Sacramento right now. Um, it was the police decertification bill. We're one of the only states in the entire country that hasn't doesn't have some form of police decertification. We have what, instead what's called a police officer's bill of rights. And that means that their personnel files are generally closed. We were able to put a dent in it a few years ago, um, you know, through, uh, you know, SB 1421 authored by Skinner, our local senator, and um, Encourage was a proud co-sponsor of that. And, but, but still, we, we allow officers in California through this police officer bill of rights to murder in, with impunity. And even when you have an abusive officer in the very, very, very rare instances where they may get fired, 
for their abusive behavior, they're just automatically able to just bounce to the city next door or somewhere else and uh, and get another job because those personal records have been kept confidential. And so that's been part of the problem is that we don't decertify abusive police officers. And so this would have been a step towards that. It's really just like a, it's not, there's nothing even radical about it. Almost every other state in the country does it. And yet our speaker of the house uh, for the state assembly, Anthony Brendon, uh, wouldn't even allow it to go to the floor for a vote. This was like the next step in the process before it would go to the governor's desk to get signed. It had gone through all the stages. We had taken some amendments. We'd you know, really been pushing for police decertification. And um, you know, he very intentionally let the clock run out by midnight on the very last day of this you know, legislative session so that, his, so that the legislatures wouldn't, have, wouldn't even have a choice you know, uh, or, or the opportunity to even vote on it. So one of our champions, for example, Dr. Shirley Webb, an assembly member out of San Diego, African-American sister who has just been a warrior on many of these issues, was trying for hours to get him to try to take it to a, the floor for a vote, and he just refused to do so. That's the kind of thing that we're dealing with. Common sense bills that are really non-threatening whatsoever. There's nothing radical about that. Even those we're unable to get passed. And then, you know, right now, we have another bill, which is called the Crisis Act. It's AB 2054, it's an assembly bill. It stands for a Community Response Initiative to Strengthen Emergency Systems. And, you know, all too often, you know, the only response we know that's available for people in need of support is the police, which can escalate a crisis and increase the risk of harm for everybody, particularly black, indigenous, you know, uh, folks and people of color and people with disabilities in particular. <clears throat> so. What we've been saying is that this is the time for California to lead the country and invest in public safety sponsors that are rooted in community, not punishment. So this was going to be a pilot program for community-based response to local emergencies, including public health crises, unhoused people in crisis, uh, people experiencing mental health crises, people exposed to intimate partner or community violence, people with substance uh, you know, use disorders, people impacted by natural or climate disasters, because we don't need police uh, you know, in those instances. And they oftentimes just, um, you know, escalate and make those those situations worse. This is a common sense bill. It's gone through the entire legislative process. It's now sitting on the desk of the governor. We're waiting for a signature. And the signal that we're getting is that the police unions are lobbying them hard and saying that they're being under attacked this year, you know, that they, you know, and, and his staff are recommending that he not sign it. So, um, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with that. But that's the th those are just two really good examples of just kind of the political cowardice that we have, which is why it's so important to vote. And it's so important for us to have elected officials that really reflect the values of the people who are going to be champions for us and not just bend to the police officer lobby, which is one of the most powerful lobbies in the state. That's the voice of George Galvis. And I also have Linda Sanchez on the line. They are both uh, members of Courage communities united for restorative youth justice and we've been talking about um, the recent events and also some legislature that courage has been working on and you guys are also working on a youth voter drive talk about um, what's happening tomorrow which is saturday and also why it's important to to get the youth out there and get the youth involved. Let's, um, Linda, is this your time? You wanna answer this? Yeah, sure, thank you so much. So tomorrow we are having um, a voter drive uh, that the young people have creatively uh, titled, Don't Sleep on Your Boat. 
Um, so we're really trying to activate young people in Oakland in District 5, but overall just entire Alameda County to feel inspired, feel activated, to take action and become civically engaged in their communities. Um, on one end, we are, are having a group of about 20 young people who will be registering their peers, their community members. Um, and we really hope that through this strategy, other young people will see that this is something that you know they should pay attention to. Historically, we know that young people have not gone out to vote in the masses you know we know usually that is a trend that we usually see with older folks where they go and they actually take this seriously and we want to some extent pass on that same passion to our young people um this goes back to 2016 when we saw you know trump win and at that time 42 percent of eligible voters did not vote so it's a big big issue and i think that we're in that same uh, place right now where we're so scared that people might not exercise their voting right and so we are going to be outside of uh, L's industries um, uh, it's in district 5 the address is 3096 east 10th street in oakland from 1 to 5 p.m we it's going to be an outdoor event uh, with plenty of space so people can social distance but we also have ppe and more uh, we're going to have live music we're going to have food tamales we're going to have drinks coffee from red bay um, and just and raffles and live art so we're really trying to make it a fun event um, we're really trying to make it as easy as possible um, so that people can come and register to vote Again, you know, it's so crucial that people use their voting power. I personally cannot vote um, because of my legal status here in the United States, but that doesn't stop me from inspiring and encouraging other folks that if they have the power to do so, now more than ever, that we should be getting our young people, our POC community, our folks who are formerly incarcerated to, to register to vote. So we encourage and invite everybody to come 1 to 5 p.m. tomorrow uh, outside of uh, Ells Industries at 3096 East 10th Street in Oakland. Yeah, uh, definitely. And if you missed that uh, time and location, we will definitely have a link on our website tonight just after the show. Give us about 20 minutes after the show. And that website is kpfaapprentice.org. There you could check out um, all the links and important information that you get tonight. Also, our archive shows from the past are all logged there. Well, um, I'm about to wrap up. George, you got any last words of encouragement? And then uh, Linda will get any last words of encouragement for our future before we go. Go for it, George. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, as, as, as the event is coined, don't sleep on your vote. That's what we're really trying to push out to our young people. We know a lot of our young people feel very jaded about just sort of the political systems and structures because they have not reflected our interests. And so we were out on the streets with so many young people who were out there, you know, marching, protesting during the George Floyd movement and most recently, again, with the decision for Breonna Taylor and not to charge those officers uh, with uh, her homicide. And so we know our young people are feeling um, politically motivated to take some action but also feeling really disillusioned about the process and the system. And so what we're really trying to do is like, don't sleep on your vote. We know that it's a limited strategy, but voting is power. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we know the power of being able to have someone who uh, is going to represent our interests versus somebody who isn't, you know what I mean? So we're really trying to push that out. And I'll give you a good example, you know, like um, 
One of the things that Courage was a proud co-author of was Proposition 57. We would be able to become one of the very first direct file state in the nation to eliminate that toxic practice of allowing district attorneys to directly charge youth as young as 14 years old as adults. And a lot of the youth who were out there organizing were not yet 18. They were unable to vote, but we had a whole get on the bus campaign and they were out there talking throughout the transit hubs in Bay Area and telling folks, you know, I can't vote, but will you be my voice? You know what I'm saying? And we overwhelmingly won with over 60% of the vote in California to able, be able to eliminate that toxic practice, as well as to make some other important reforms to the criminal and justice system here in California. So voting is power. I want to push that out. We also have two state bot initiatives coming up that I really want to uh, inform your listeners about. So one is uh, Prop 17. Yes, on Prop 17, let's restore the voting rights of people who are on parole. We know that this has been the foremost way of supporting any communities of color since Jim Crow that stopped this racist practice. Let's reenfranchise 60,000 voters here in California by saying yes on Prop 17, because as we said, voting is power and voting matters. And we need to say no on Prop 20, which is the police and prison spending scam. This is, you know, at a time when we're out here hitting the streets and trying to talk about really reimagining public safety, this would actually spend $2.3 billion in just a few years in expanding police and prisons in California. This is being driven by law enforcement and the district attorneys, and they're using the same playbook, you know, of, 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 of the chump, you know, 45 up in the Oval Office, which is that they're just lying and using fear tactics, fabricating things um, to really try to play on people's fears, to try to push this. But all it is is a prison spending scam to basically expand policing in prison. So vote no on Prop 20 and yes on 17. Thank y'all. Thank, uh, thank you, George. And we're going to have a special election show coming up. I'll bring you on to talk more deeply about those. Uh, but thank you for that. And uh, Linda, what about um, some encouragement or how you're feeling uh, for our future and what you'd like to say to the listeners out there? Well, I would like to end by saying, you know, young people are present and the future. And I think that it's time uh, for young people uh, to really imagine what radical change could look like for our communities. And so I think that we can achieve some of that with voting. And so really encouraging young people to, to vote, uh, to wake up uh, these politicians that either they're going to stand on the side of community or they should get out of the way and allow for more progressives to step, uh, step in. So we invite everybody and hopefully we'll see some beautiful faces out uh, tomorrow. Definitely. And that's the voice of Linda Sanchez. Before that, you heard George Galvis. My name is Freewell and Franklin. Don't forget all this information will be available on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM and kpfa.org. We'll be right back. Special shot going out to all them, for them pigs out there. Boys in blue, ghetto Gestapo. To serve, protect, and break and for your neck is how the saying goes. I'm here to speak on that. Special one, step up and let their ass know. Friday night, me and Afro Kiko on the coop. I'm celebrating cause we coming up and shit is moving. It's the conscious, the daughter's daughter's conscious represent. East O, dipping slow, hit a ride on 35th. On my way to kick it with this brother cause it's time right. for me to get my feel. feel. So I'ma go for mine, but the 5-0 wanna follow.
hustle me and try to break Cause special one is making more than piggies on the tape Should I pull over and hope that this shit's cool Or should I mash cause I ain't no nigga for them fools See, Oakland, California is a city where the pigs don't play I see that shit every day, so I'ma bring it to ya Yeah, you better listen to exactly what's going I'ma on I'ma bring it to ya Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. I am your host tonight, Free Will and Franklin. That song you just heard was I'ma Bring It To You" by Conscious Daughters with Paris. And I just seen that Paris has released a new album called Safe Space Invader. Check that out on his Facebook at Paris Gorilla Funk Recordings. And of course, I'll link that on our website tonight after the show. Before the song, we heard an interview with George Galvis and Linda Sanchez of Courage. That's spelled C-U-R-Y-J and stands for Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice. Be sure after the show to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, and you can connect with the links we posted for Courage there. And just a reminder, we are in our fall fun drive. So the theme for this fall is we won't give up. No matter which way this election goes, we're not going to give up the fight. We're not going to stop providing you clear, profound, fact-based, insightful information. We're not going to give up advancing the conversation on race. And we won't give up playing the best variety of music, as you can hear tonight. You won't hear Paris or the Conscious Daughters on any other station around here other than KPFA. Also, we won't give up leading with our hearts. We won't give up being vigilant as always. And we won't give up on you, our listeners. So please, if you can tonight, don't give up on us. If you can, please make a donation tonight to kpfa.org. Or if you're on the phone, call 1-800-439-5732. And that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We are continuing to make sure anyone who donates and leaves an email gets a special digital audio gift. For the fall, we're offering Don't Believe the Hype, KPFA's Political History Collection Fall 2020. 
this collection, you'll get John Stanley Speaks on his book, How Fascism Works. You also get Greg Palace Special Election Bulletin and Alex Alonzo on the history of gangs in the Los Angeles Police Department. And remember, any donation tonight receives this audio collection. One more time for the number, 1-800-HEY-KPFA or kpfa.org. If you want to check out other gifts that are available, just go to the website, kpfa.org, and you can browse through them yourself. Let me real quick give a special shout out to all the people that have called in or donated online at kpfa.org already. We see you as we are watching from home and we thank you. And now let's get on to our last segment of the night. We are moving from Oakland out to Sacramento. Our state capital has been very busy lately with many different protests on a daily basis since the last uh, since the latest news on Breonna Taylor. To find out what's been happening and what's coming up, I spoke with Nehemiah Nook Nook Johnson, the founder of Juice Sacramento. Check it out. All right, everyone, welcome back to Full Circle right here on KPFA 94.1 FM, also KPFA.org. And now we're going to continue our conversation about this past week's developments, what's been going on in the streets, um, what's going to keep going on in the streets around the Breonna Taylor decision not to charge any of the officers in her murder. And right now joining us is a local organizer out of Sacramento. This is Nehemiah Nook Nook Johnson of Juice Sacramento. How you doing? What's going on, family? How's everything? Good, good. Well, first, let's start off with what is Juice Sacramento. So Juice is an acronym. Tell us what it stands for and what you're all doing. No doubt, no doubt. So yeah, JUICE is an acronym. It stands for Justice Unites Individuals and Communities Everywhere. So basically what we try to do is provide resources to any and everything that has to do with protesting out uh, out in the streets as well as um, community uh, resources. Uh, so we do everything from uh, assisting in marches uh, to uh, passing out uh, COVID supplies uh, to community members and uh, uh, members of the, of the houses community. All right. Well, thank you for all that work. And you might be familiar with him if you attended any of the rallies in recently held in Walnut Creek, uh, Martinez. And I appreciate you taking the time to come out to my town, Antioch. Thank you, Nehemiah. It's all love, family. Um, and like, uh, like MLK said, man, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. So uh, I want to do my part to help out uh, as well as the uh, rest of my, my teammates that rock with uh, Juice and uh, like-minded other uh, organizations. All right. Well, let's talk about this past week's events. You have been organizing, been in the streets. Um, First, talk about um, your feelings surrounding the decision not to charge any of the officers um, with the murder of Breonna Taylor, but actually charge one of them for shooting a wall. So how are you feeling about that? And then we'll move on to what you've been doing about that. Amen. Amen. Well, first off, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to try not to curse because that's how frustrated I am about the situation. Uh, like other people, uh, it's just uh, dumbfounding to see that um, a wall can get justice, uh, but a human life cannot. Um, and it's been proven time and time again, and proven once more uh, with the uh, ending of Breonna Taylor's case. So we're livid. I'm livid. I'm 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 
my, my blood is boiling and we need to do something about it. So that's why we are out here in these streets, letting our voices be heard, uh, as well as getting our communities together so we can uh, understand the laws and understand the, um, the upcoming votes um, and how we how we need to persuade to the angle where everyone gets justice versus justice only being for a certain uh, group of individuals. And you've been out in the streets. Uh, what has it been like this past week on the streets and, um, you know, protesting with, with the masses out there? What's the feeling in the crowd and uh, what's the reaction from state government out there in Sacramento? I'm not just a single leadership. Uh, when it comes to juice, juice is ran by a, a, a trilateral uh, leadership. Um, so I'm going to give a big shout out uh, to Queen La as well as Queen Meg. Those are uh, my two co-leaders of Juice. Uh, they they really uh, get down with the logistics part of it. Um, I'm more of the street committee uh, as well as you know ear to the street to see what's going on on that end. Uh, with that being said, though, um, the streets I'm seeing right now they are very very angry as well. Um, they're they're scared. They're hurt. They're confused. Um, and they just they want to know what they can do so uh aside from coming out here in these streets i'm noticing a lot of people are trying to sit down and have conversations about what we should be doing versus just uh, uh coming out and letting our uh, our emotions uh, uh rightfully be um uh, put out into the atmosphere um so well, what i'm uh, summing up basically is that i'm seeing people are getting uh, uh putting their head uh, head fully into the game and trying to figure out what they can do because everybody understands that we don't have a lot of time um, to uh, play around with it. We need to get down uh, with the hard work and that's work on the ground. And we're all trying to figure that out right now. And speaking of getting out in the streets and getting on the ground, there's some activity that will be happening over the weekend. Tell us about, um, I know Juice may not be organizing this particularly, but you got some information um, tell us about what's happening on the weekend, then we'll tell people how to um, get in touch with that. Oh, most definitely. So uh, what's been going on in the Sacramento area at nighttime has been a, um, a series of autonomous uh, autonomous uh, actions and marches um, throughout uh, the Sacramento area. Uh, and um, when uh, Juice comes out, it's usually uh, Juice individuals. Uh, it's not Juice in itself that comes out. It's our individual people, and including myself. I'll be out there uh, too, uh, but we're out there representing because we, we know that uh, there's people that are out there uh, that need help in getting to the next step um, besides marching. So we try to do our part in making sure that everyone is staying safe no matter what we're doing. Um, and everyone is being heard and their voices are being um, respected while out there. So um, that, well, we, got, we definitely have stuff going on. Um, hearing Trinklin's about stuff going on Saturday, um, downtown evening time. Um, and I will have that poster uh, to you as soon as I get it. Uh, that way you can uh, go ahead and share a promoter uh, for us. Yeah, so these activities have been not being announced right away. They have been being announced either 24 hours beforehand or even just a couple of hours beforehand. So what we will do is we will link uh, kpfaapprentice.org. That's our website. And we will have a, a link to Juice Sacramento there where you will always find the information that's going on. And if a flyer comes out before the show is posted to um, to WordPress, we will include a flyer with all the information. Um, Nehemiah, tell us... Um, why is it important 
right now that we are still out in the streets and stay out in the streets? What's your opinion on that? Well, um, it's because like our total numbers are not not where it needs to be at. Um, so in order to be heard, in order to be seen, yeah, social media is good. But during your day activity, you see you, you you on your way to the store, on your way home from the store, you see a crowd of people out there fighting for injustice. You're going to be more curious to talk uh, to want to learn about it and, and figure it out. Uh, so we are out there to encourage people to, to get on. Uh, to do their part in the game and um, encourage uh, also let our city know that we're not we're not done speaking about it we're not done talking about it we won't be done until we get justice um, so we're going to stay out there and we're going to continue to do those things and and before i let you go give us uh your social media handles right now for people that are listening that may not go to the internet uh, later how do they find you um throughout social media so if you don't mind, I'm going to give you that, but I'm going to also give you a, a couple of more other organizations uh, that we rock with out here as well. Because it's not just Juice. Juice is just like level one because we're brand new in the game. Like We've only been out here since June, but I would love to uh, uh, share uh, share other organizations that have been on the ground out here doing what, they're, uh, doing what they can do to help our communities. Is that cool with you, fam? Oh, definitely. Uh, share all those organizations with us, and then we'll post uh, the link after the show on our website. That'll work. I appreciate you. So first and foremost, um, we have uh, groups on uh, APTP, that's Anti-Police Terror Project, Sacramento. Uh, there's also uh, a mother chapter out there in Oakland. Um, we have uh, groups like MH First, that's Mental Health First. They're the groups that's, that are out there giving an alternative uh, to uh, mental health patients that may be going through crisis versus calling the police. You call them and they'll help them get their, uh, get to the proper places in a safe, uh, de-escalating way. Uh, we also have uh, NorCal Resist. There are real good people out there in the streets helping, uh, not only uh, helping to uh, bail people out, but they're also helping uh, making sure that people uh, tail lights uh, are working properly because those are one of the easiest infractions that police try to pull us over for. Uh, so a big shout out to them. Um, uh, Black Justice Sacramento, um, they, they, uh, I defund, uh, defund SAC PD, and of course our group, uh, Juice, uh, and that's uh, Juice Sacramento on all social medias, uh, Facebook and Instagram. All right, Nehemiah Nook Nook Johnson, we really appreciate all the time and energy you put in. I really appreciate seeing you out in Antioch and throughout um, the Bay Area. Keep up the good fight, and we'll talk and stay in touch. Thank you, fam. We'll talk soon. Peace and blessings. Be safe out here. All right. Welcome back. You are listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and, of course, KPFA.org. That was the voice of Nehemiah Nook Nook Johnson of Juice, Sacramento. And Juice is short for Justice Unites Individuals and Communities Everywhere. And of course, we will link to Juice on our website after this show, where you will get an update on the action that uh, Nook Nook was speaking about. They only released them a few hours before. And um, you can always go to Juice, Sacramento to find out what they're working on and we'll have links to that at kpfaapprentice.org just after the show and remember to be able to bring you these updates and this revolutionary music that you only hear on kpfa we rely on your support if you can 
please make a donation tonight to kpfa.org or by calling 1-800-439-5732. And remember, that's always 1-800-HEY-KPFA. If you can, become a sustaining member and make a monthly donation, which really helps us um, get comfortable and know we have the money coming in when we need it. And we are continuing to make sure that anyone who donates, all you have to do is leave an email and you'll get a special digital audio gift. The Fall Fund Drive, you can receive the Don't Believe the Hype Fall 2020 Political History Audio Collection. This includes Dr. Cornell West speaking on the more radical side of Dr. Martin Luther King. Also included is Blair Imani speaking on Making Our Way Home, The Great Migration and the Black American Dream. Blair Imani is a critically acclaimed historian an outspoken activist, and a dynamic public speaker. She's the author of Modern Herstory, Stories of Women and Non-Binary People Rewriting History, excuse me, and that's from 2018. She focuses on women and girls, global black communities, and the LGBT community. All that and more can be your gift tonight for any size donation if you can give us a call or a click at kpfa.org. The number, if you want to get on the phone, 1-800-439-5732. Like always, it's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Again, we appreciate all the support tonight. This station has been an important part of countless lives and stories. Not only the lives of the people we feature on the air, but also the lives of us, the people that work here, to bring you this unique news, information, and of course, music and culture. If you appreciated the show tonight and the information and news we brought you, please contribute to the ongoing longevity of this important news outlet. Take the time to make a donation at kpfa.org. That's a secure online donation there. And also, you can see all the other gifts that are available, including T-shirts, socks, hats, hoodies, books, DVDs. All that is on the website, kpfa.org. And if you would like to call and talk to a human being, you can do so at 1-800-439-5732. And that's always 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Some news here at KPFA, we have been busy inside the station. We recently put together a voter's guide that is on the front page of kpfa.org with resources for registering and tracking your vote. Also for disabled and incarcerated people. Check that out at kpfa.org. And we are working to improve the quality of our on-air sound and our automated systems by upgrading to digital boards in our studios. This will be starting just after this fun drive. Your donations are working hard to help KPFA go digital and, of course, sound better. Lastly, before I go tonight, I want to give you some news on one of our star graduates. Yeah, Sarah LaFleur Better. Sarah is working on a film about indigenous women, two-spirit, and non-binary activists. It's called The Sacred and the Snake. And it follows Lauren, Cheryl, and Olive for nearly four years. 
beginning with their transformative time at the Standing Rock Resistance Camps in 2016. The film shows how this empowering and devastating experience lit a fire within each of them as they took the lessons of Standing Rock back to their own communities to reclaim them. The camps set them on a new path, reawakening a global awareness of the environment and indigenous sovereignty. Check out Sarah's work at thesacredandthesnake.com and you could sign up for her newsletter there where you can link up to their Seed and Spark campaign, which launched today. All right, Sarah, it's been a long time. Great job. We are all proud of you here at the station and we look forward to learning more about the sacred and the snake. And again, we will post all this information to Sarah's film on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, for everything related to tonight's show. Special thanks to our guests tonight, Linda Sanchez and George Galvis of Courage and Nehemiah Nook Johnson of Juice Sacramento. Also, a big shout out to you, our listeners tonight. It is you that makes KPFA possible. Thank you for all the donations. We really appreciate it. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is myself, Rebel and Franklin. I've also been your host tonight. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And again, please, everyone, we see what happened to the Donald. He's got the Rona. So protect your health and protect your humanity. Stay tuned. Up next is La Onda Fajita. Peace.